how do we communicate to middle schoolers? While we can all agree that they're a strange and sometimes smelly bunch, they're also really great too, and they have so much potential. But how do we speak to them from the stage, in groups, and individually? Today, our guest will speak directly to that question, talk about the importance of contextualizing everything that we teach, and also give you a great opportunity to connect with others who have a desire to also grow in this area. It's time for Student Ministry Connection. Welcome to Student Ministry Connection, a podcast for those who serve in student ministry, want to connect, and have a desire to grow. I'm your host, Steve Cullum, and today we're going to be talking with Ashley Bohentz. Ashley has recently written a book called Communicating to Middle Schoolers, and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. She is also the director of middle school strategy at Orange and the executive director for a ministry in Ethiopia called Carry 117, which focuses on orphan prevention and family preservation by empowering women. Ashley is also the co-author of The Art of Group Talk. So between that book, her new one communicating to middle schoolers, all of her work with middle schoolers over the years, and her role at Orange, she is more than qualified to have this conversation with us today. We're also going to get into the importance of contextualization, both within your church, within your ministry, and your community as a whole. And finally, we're going to talk about a great opportunity for you to get connected with other people who are also wanting to grow in this specific area of communicating to middle schoolers. But before we get into any of that, I want to thank you all for being here, but also I want to remind those of you that subscribe on Spotify. Be sure to head to the link in our show notes to subscribe to that specific feed. For some reason, there are two feeds on Spotify, and we're going to be getting rid of one of those, so make sure you have subscribed to the correct one, which is the one in our show notes and the one on our website, studentministryconnection.com. That other one is going to be going away very, very soon, and we want to make sure that you still are subscribed to the correct one. And before we jump into this conversation with Ashley, we also want to thank the sponsor of this episode of the podcast. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy focused on helping students see everyday life situations through the lens of the gospel. G-Shades has options to fit everyone as well, with three plans to choose from. This curriculum gives you the resources that you need to do what you do better. Do you need message outlines, a discussion guide, and a game? That's just $20 a month. If you're looking for a higher production value, including bumper videos, Instagram devotionals, and parent guides, that's $30 a month. And if you want an affordable, engaging video curriculum, G-Shades has you covered for only $40 a month. You will not find a better youth ministry video curriculum at that price point anywhere. G-Shades really sets itself apart by looking at every life situation that a student goes through through the lens of the gospel and infusing Jesus on everything that the students do. If you want to learn more about G-Shades and its creator, Mike Haynes, be sure to check out episodes 32 and 55. We are so grateful for G-Shades, and we know that you will not be disappointed. So head over to gshades.org, that's G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G to download season four of G-Shades curriculum and use the promo code CONNECTION at checkout to receive an extra $20 off your order. G-Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. 
Thank you, G-Shades, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You can find the link to G-Shades in the podcast show notes. All right, now it's time to talk about communicating to middle schoolers and so much more with Ashley Bohentz. Ashley, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. So we have probably known each other for a while now. Um, I feel like I got to know you right after you you stepped in at Orange as the middle school director and everything. And it was cool. I remember, I think I remember my first conversation with you. I think it was an Orange tour or something like that. And I And I was so grateful that middle school that xp3 middle school was in good hands i remember being nervous about that and that and that handoff and yeah. uh and i and i knew that it was in really good hands we i'd seen your work already at that point and so i remember like the first thing that i that i think i told you was thank you for taking care of xp3 middle school <laughs> and so i just want to reiterate that again now years down the road you're still doing a, a fantastic I job i love that you that. remember that that <laughs> makes me so happy steve Oh, Seriously. No yeah. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm yeah. I'm so happy to be here. And yeah, it's been like, I don't know, seven, six or seven years now mm -hmm. since we met and yeah. that handout happened. So yeah. yeah. Well, it was good because I think one of the, my favorite parts of when when XP3 middle school started, like I realized how much I enjoyed it because it was catered to those middle school students and it was just they were doing a killer job. And so I was a little nervous when the, when the handoff happened. I was like, oh, no, is this next person going to do just as good a job? And I think you really just you've stepped in well and you've taken it to the next level. So that's oh, yeah. Gosh, I love hearing yeah. that. And <laughs> I love I love that you've been around long enough to have you know, used XP3 before middle school, XP3 middle school existed mm -hmm. to even see how we've grown as a company. And we're like, no, we need to create phase specific content because how they learn is so different and how you communicate, you know, content is so different. So it's cool. I want to talk about that more with you because oh, I would yeah. be so curious, like the things that stuck out to you or that mm -hmm. still stick out to you, um, just as some fresh eyes on it. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, so we've already kind of dug into the fact that you are the director of middle school ministry for for XP3 and uh, coming from Orange. Um, you also have uh, a, lot, a big ministry that you do with people in Ethiopia. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I would love to. Thank you yeah. for asking. It's called Carry 117. Um, 117 refers to Isaiah 117, which is learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of the orphan, fight for the rights of the widow. Um, and our heart is we hire at-risk women because we want to prevent more orphans and preserve more families in Ethiopia. There are over 5 million orphans currently um, in that country and uh, international adoption is closed and it's not common for domestic adoption to happen. Um, and so orphan prevention is just as important as orphan care in that kind of a dynamic. Um, and what I've learned over the years is that a lot of these children are, are single orphans, meaning one of their parents is alive, but doesn't have the income or resources mm. to provide for their kids. So that, that mom selflessly has to give her child up to authorities in, in hopes mm. of a better future. And I, when I learned that, I was like, what? I'm like, I can't imagine being a mom having to make that decision. I mm. can't even imagine how that rips them apart. Yeah. And so I was like, I want to help women never have to be in that situation that they never have to consider 
giving their child to someone else to care for. Like, I want to help these women who are not educated, who don't have skills, who don't have jobs or opportunities. I want to help train them, give them a job so they can mm. provide for their kids, their own kids to school and have the dignity of keeping their family under one roof. And so mm. that's what we do. And we teach them how to measure, cut and sew beautiful products that carry things like purses or book bags and wallets and, you know, all things like that. Um, you can check more out um, at carry117.com. And cool. yeah, you can learn more about our story and see the beautiful bags that they make. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, because yeah, I, I I knew that you did that, but it's cool to hear more about it because we haven't actually, you know, most of our conversations around middle school ministry and things like that. So it's good to hear a little more about that. Yeah, cool. thanks. Um, I also know you're you're passionate about soccer. Um, so am. we've never, we've never had a conversation about soccer. I was also a college soccer player. So, um, okay. yeah, so what position? Was, uh, midfield, um, ended nice. up in, ended up in defense actually, um, hated it in the beginning. Cause I wanted to be, um, I, you know, growing up, I, I'm typical, you know, guy that wants to be scoring the goals, but, um, had to suffer through the fact that they did want, not want me up there and ended up, uh, moving into the stopper position usually. And, um, yeah. And realized I enjoyed stopping goals just as much as I enjoyed scoring them. So, yeah. Listen, we would have played against each other cause I was a forward. So if you were stopper, I mean, you would have been marking me. So yep. that's what I'm talking about. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So that's cool. So, and you've, you've had a chance to, to coach soccer as well. Are yep, you still coaching I, or is that? I'm not coaching right yeah. now um, uh, because I'm traveling so much with mm -hmm. speaking. Um, so I've taken a break from coaching right now, but I have some schools and clubs after me to get back into it. And I keep telling them one day, one day, yeah. just not yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, but I, I love it. I've grown a lot. Um, since I started coaching, I feel like coaching brought out like the least Christian part of me <laughs> for a while. Sports, but sports have, a, have a tendency to do that. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm very competitive and I'm very loud and I want to be heard. So yeah. <laughs> I had to learn to transition from playing on the field to um, to coaching on the sideline without making my voice heard the whole time yeah. on the field. So yeah. we're, we've grown. So that's <laughs> nice. good. Nice. What about well, you? Have I, you I've, I've done assistant coaching uh, a little bit here and there, and I've talked to one of the local high schools. Um, the coach go, head coach goes to our church and I've told him I want to eventually start helping out. And he's basically given me an open door whenever I have the time to, to show up. He's, he just told me show up anytime, but just make sure you bring your cleats. I was like, all right. Um, at some point I'll be there. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out when do I have the capacity to, to step back in it as well. Um, but yeah, I'll probably ask him some questions. Um, you know, how do you actually coach this stuff? Cause I've, as an assistant coach, I basically just did whatever the head coach told me to do. Um, and I don't plan on being a head coach, but I'm sure there's some, some tips I could, I could learn, uh, assisting yeah. as well. <laughs> Shout out to all coaches and assistant coaches out there because coaching is, so much work and yeah. so much time for very little pay, kind mm -hmm. of like youth ministry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, so well, speaking of, yeah, speaking of ministry, um, I, I love the fact that in, in your book that we'll talk about in just a second, um, Stuart Hall gives this introduction and Stuart Hall is, uh, an amazing person. If you guys don't know uh, of Stuart, um, definitely look him up. He's been kind of a mentor to me from the, from afar. Um, me he too. probably has no idea 
how much of an impact he's had on me uh, and my ministry. Um, but I love Stuart. And Stuart says that you are a middle school legend. Like, <laughs> how awesome is that, that Stuart Hall has called you a middle school legend? <laughs> I know. I mean, we should just like write that quote from Stuart Hall on my tombstone one day. That would <laughs> right? be like amazing because Yes. Reading the foreword that he wrote for the book, like I was like, so I just couldn't believe, I mean, I just couldn't believe he wrote that stuff and that he cared so much about, you know, investing in me and lifting up my voice. And he's always been that way. And he's always like on my hype team. So I'm grateful for him. I have learned so much from him. I love how him and I challenge each other because we're both like athletes and we're like, you know, we will go at it in a conversation and wrestle with a con, uh, like a, a concept and just learn a lot from each other in the process. And I'm forever grateful that he was willing to write the forward because mm. man, I've learned a lot from him and he is the communicating legend. Like he is yeah. the goat for real. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. I, I learned of Stuart in my first, within the first few weeks of my very first full-time ministry. And, uh, so he's kind of been there the entire time and that connection, everything. So it's, he's great. And but to get I that love, kind of compliment is huge. I know I, <laughs> I don't take it lightly. Yeah. And I do want to say like, I just admire so much. Cause like he is like a phenomenal communicator mm. and he still chooses to spend all of his time communicating to teenagers. He could mm. communicate anywhere in yep. at, with any audience. And he is still communicating to middle and high schoolers all over the country. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do I keep doing it? Like Stuart, yeah. like how did, how does he do it? How did he last this long doing it? And how does he still have the energy and the passion? And mm-hmm. I mean, he is the definition of passion. So yep. I'm so grateful to learn from him. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we've dug into your, your story a little bit. We know a little bit of your history with, uh, yeah, your work in Ethiopia, um, soccer and middle school and everything. Um, I know you were you used to be a middle, a middle school teacher as well. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. I feel like orange, orange kind of goes after people that were in the education world and then stepped into ministry. I feel like that's been the story of a lot of people in the orange world. There are a lot of us who um, were former educators, for sure. Orange likes to go after teachers. In fact, it's I, I, I'm sure you've had this experience, Steve, like on a weekly basis, people reaching out like, hey, do you know anyone looking for a job? We have a youth ministry position open. And every single time I was like, listen, go for the teachers in your mm-hmm. community go after the teachers. You can teach them the pastoral side, like teachers, obviously who love Jesus, like not just any teacher, but (laughs) who are the teachers who love Jesus, who love your students, love go after them for a youth ministry job and then like train them up. So that's what my story was. That's cool. And, and it's a, it seems like a long history of love for middle schoolers, which is, which is so great. And like, I, I love middle schoolers, but I know that you know, some there's, there's few and far between people that just to say they absolutely love being with middle schoolers. So you did it in the education world, in the ministry world, and now what you're doing now. So that that's awesome. I always tell people I felt called to middle school before I ever felt called to vocational ministry. Hmm. So that makes sense. Totally. 
Well, I I know that you know we dig into your a little bit of that story too, but um, I'd love to hear more of the the backstory. How did you how did you get into ministry in the first place? What was kind of your upbringing like? Anything that you would like to share that really helps our audience get to know you a little bit more and how God brought you to the to where you are today? Oh gosh, so much to talk about. <laughs> um, grew up in a family who. Um, was believers and my parents did an amazing job um, making sure we knew all about God and faith, Um, but grew up in a tradition that did not have females in leadership in the church. Mm. Um, And my, so, uh, you know, I wasn't actually, (laughs) I wasn't actually part of a youth ministry growing up. Like, actually, I grew up in a part of the country where I don't even know anyone who was in a youth ministry, like middle or high school, didn't even know anyone. And I never in my whole teenage years was ever invited to a youth ministry, like ever. So, which is wild to think now I think about what I do and I'm like, wow, like how, what? Like I, you know, and so I don't know if that was just my unique experience, but it just wasn't. I remember when we went, started going to a new church as a family, I remember never wanting to go to the youth ministry when I was in town because I was the kid who was always at a soccer tournament or basketball mm. showcase on the weekends that mm-hmm. frustrates everybody listening. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was me. Um, but I remember just like the Bible teacher at that ch- the new church was just, I was just had never talked, heard somebody talk about Jesus that way or scripture. Mm. And I was so like, I was like, I want to hear him teach. And I didn't really know what I was missing. My parents didn't grow up in like youth group. And so I didn't know what I was missing. And so I actually had never set foot in a youth ministry until the first day I ever volunteered in a youth ministry, which wow. was in my twenties, yeah. my early twenties, which is wild. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say um, I became a believer at a summer camp. Um, my first experience with quote, youth ministry was going to this like student leadership camp in Colorado for two weeks. Hmm. And um, I was 17 and it was between my junior and senior year of high school and went with my sister, didn't know anyone else there. We didn't like go with our church, but our parents just signed us up and sent us across the country, which was (laughs) amazing. And I remember like being, seeing other people my age worship Jesus. Hmm. And I just had never seen someone my age love Jesus before, besides like my family. Yeah. And so I was like, what is that? And I think I realized at that point, like I knew all about Jesus, like a professional stalker, but I didn't actually have like that personal relationship. Like it wasn't my Mm -hmm. faith. So I would say that was my first experience with the Holy spirit. My first, like when my faith became my own was getting around people, my age who loved Jesus passionately and leaders who were encouraging my generation. Mm. Um, so that was kind of where my faith walk really began, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then when I became a teacher, I moved to uh, Maryland. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, moved to Maryland and started volunteering in church because I was looking for friends because mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody. I moved somewhere. I didn't know anybody. And mm-hmm. so started volunteering and loved it. I mean, it was, I remember the first time they asked me to teach. They're like, actually it was the first time I was showing up. They're like, Hey, you're the health teacher. Cause I taught school health education, yeah. sixth, seventh, eighth grade health, all the fun stuff. They're like, Hey, we're about to do the sex series at church. Do you think since you teach it in the school, do you think right. you could teach it? I had never even been in a youth ministry, <laughs> that youth ministry in there. Here I show up doing the sex series. <laughs> Which so is the were, were you then known as like the sex teacher or something? 
I feel like, right? like that's the first thing you do when you step in. You're like, oh, she's, she's the lady that talks about 100%. sex. 100%. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was in the same community as my school. So nobody, everybody sure. knew who I was. Does that, yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I started volunteering and loved it. I was coaching, teaching, volunteering in the youth ministry. And then when the middle school pastor, and during that time, it was when I really started seeing women in leadership in the church, mm. like growing up, I always wanted to be a teacher. Like mm. it was in me. I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to invest in the next generation. Like I never played baby Barbie wedding growing up. I played teacher, gave my neighbors homework. I'm mad when they didn't do it. I had a whole <laughs> classroom set up downstairs. Nice. But I just didn't know that it could be used in the church in vocational ministry. Mm -hmm. And I know ministry exists in the school systems too. You know what I mean? Like I know sure. that and I believe that deeply. Um, I just didn't know that it could be used in the church. And so it wasn't until my early 20s where I started seeing women communicators and I was started to get opportunities to speak or lead or recruit leaders and lead a small group and all of the things. Um, so it was a huge like season of growing for me in my walk and in my calling. And then when the middle school pastor moved up to be the high school pastor, he came to me, Jason, and he was like, Hey, I think you should, I think this job is for you. You should take this. Yeah. And I was like, what is wrong with you? No way. <laughs> like I'm not equipped. I don't know enough. Like yeah. I, I know how to teach and I know the age group and I know how to talk to parents and I know how to break things down and keep a conversation going, but I don't know enough the Bible, about the Bible. I didn't go to seminary, <laughs> like all these things, Yeah, all these doubts. And there were so many men, honestly, who believed so mm. deeply and they would be like, Ash, like mm. you can do this. Like we, you can, you can learn this other piece. Like you are, you are enough. You, you are gifted. Like you can use this here. And so they were very patient with me, which I'm really grateful. Yeah. Um, so many, there's a whole handful of them. And so, um, and women too, but um, you know, that were speaking that into me, but it was mm -hmm. the males on staff who kept pursuing that conversation. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for that. That's awesome. um, and so anyways, I ended up saying yes. And I left teaching after six years left coaching after those six years and went into vocational ministry and then worked at two churches in youth ministry, one in Baltimore, one in Atlanta. Um, and when I, when I moved into ministry, um, I was like trying to figure out like, how does what I know in the education world, like, does this exist in the ministry world? Mm -hmm. Like, is there curriculum? Is there strategy is like, what's the plan? Cause in the education yeah. world, that is so much the culture. And so I, um, crossed paths with a guy named Tom chef Shunis and mm -hmm. he who was also a former educator moved into full-time ministry. And he really helped me translate like how, what I learned in education world made sense. Mm -hmm. And that's actually how orange came into the picture and nice. started learning more of the strategy and the curriculum that was before the middle school curriculum existed. And so mm -hmm. was taking high school curriculum and making it middle school appropriate. Um, and was so excited when they orange was going to launch middle school. And I got to be part of that. Um, and then made the transition to the team. I don't know, a little over six years ago, I think it was now. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's how I kind of ended up where I yes. am and yeah. That's awesome. And I love, I, I love hearing these stories. I'm, I'm, I think our audience does too, but I love hearing them because it's, it's cool to, to sit back and, and I get to put these pieces together. Like, as I hear God working in the past, uh, to even to the point where it sounds like 
one of the first things that really made an impact on you was hearing someone talk about the Bible in a way that you never heard them talk about it. It talked about before, and that yep. made an impact on you as a teenager. And here you yep. are now helping others do the same thing for teenagers to make sure that yeah. we're talking about it in a certain way that will have an impact on them so that they will have a lifelong faith and pass it on and, and so forth. Yep. That's so cool to see those, those threads really connect. Yeah. I, I agree. It is cool when you, when you think back, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, when you think back to like, when you get a chance to revisit your story where you see just how God was working all along and using your experiences, I don't know. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, I, let's talk about the book just a bit. Um, because I, I just want to tell you, first of all, I, I love reading it because it truly feels like you are talking like it doesn't <laughs> feel like a textbook or anything like that I, as i'm reading it, i'm like this is totally ashley like this this is her she's just leaping off the page um but people can get actually hear you read it as well if they <laughs> want to do the audio version how is that like reading the audio version oh my gosh the audio version i mean that was such an experience like I mean, the book is like 55,000 words and I've never read 55,000 words yeah. straight out loud. Like has, I, I mean, that's not just not a normal thing you do. So I had no idea what to expect, but it was like two full days back to back. I felt like my throat was on fire, not because I had COVID, but because, yeah. you know, you read 55,000 words out loud <laughs> and your throat is like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and it was just so cool reading it. I was laughing because I'm like, you know, whoever listens to this is either going to love me or hate me because <laughs> it's definitely not monotone. There's, yeah. there's nothing monotone about my personality. Yeah. And so it's like the biggest compliment in the world that you could hear my mm. personality and my voice off, like when you were reading it, just because I wanted it to sound like me mm. and because, you know, like I wanted it, I wanted it to, and I wanted to have a lot of personality, just like the middle school phase does. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, uh, the audible version is special. Yeah. <laughs> I think people cool. should listen to it. I can read I, you the whole book. If you're not a reader, I'll read it to there you. you. Go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so before we jump into any more content, I'd love to just hear, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's kind of been implied so far, but I'd love for people our audience to hear like what was your reasons for for writing this book i know it's your it's your second one it's first by yourself yeah. the first one was a co-authored book um yeah. uh and it's the art of group talk as yeah. right so um the first solo book like what what led you to to actually put this into words and put it out there to to help other people communicate to middle schoolers better so it actually started as a breakout at the national um youth workers convention cool. like a few years ago. And I really wanted, I just, I just wanted to circle some people up who communicate either to only middle schoolers, whether it's four or 40, um, or a combined group that has middle school students in the room. And I just wanted to help people think through how do I make this content more digestible for middle schoolers? Um, because the message that we have is the greatest message in the history of the world and how we communicate it matters a lot. If we genuinely want middle schoolers to have an everyday faith or an authentic faith of their own, then 
the way that we use our words to break it down matters mm. so much. So I was like, I'm going to write this breakout and we'll see how it goes. And yeah. so did the breakout and I, I wish I could thank every single person in that room. Cause they were like the, the most fun breakout I've ever had in my whole life. And I talked so fast because I had so many things I wanted to say and they <laughs> thought it was hilarious, but I barely was breathing the whole time. I was so yeah. excited. <laughs> I had so many people afterwards come up and say like, you need to write this as a book. Mm. And I was like, really? Like, I had no idea. Like I didn't write the breakout, like with the mindset, this is going to be a book one day. Yeah. I just wanted to write the breakout. And I felt like, so I like came up with 10 things, 10 things that you can think through when communicating to middle schoolers. And after a number of people kept saying, you need to write this down. I called, um, Reggie and Kristen who are our CEO and president at orange. And I just said, um, would you ever be interested in, and I kind of pitched the book idea and they were like, yeah, you need to write that. Yeah. So right after national youth workers convention, I just like brain dumped the whole breakout, like in a word doc, it was like 11,000 words mm -hmm. brain dumped it. And then I saved it on my computer and I, it, it just, we were going to do it just not at that moment, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yep. And then like short, a few months later, COVID hit and the whole world shut down. And so mm -hmm. it was like, well, it doesn't seem like the best time to do this when none of us are standing in front of middle schoolers currently. So yep. we kind of put it on pause just for a little bit. And then last year, um, they called me and were like, Hey, like, are you, are you ready to keep writing that book? And I was so excited. Um, so I got to jump back in it and so many conversations I had with leaders or questions or stories they would share. Um, I used to help fuel the content of the book. And mm -hmm. I, what I love the most is like, yes, a lot of it's content that I wrote, but I got to pull in so many people mm -hmm. to help with the content. And yeah. I, you know, I have a lot of guest writers in there. I wanted this whole section about like, how do you prepare to speak to middle schoolers? I didn't want it just to be, how does Ashley prepare? Because yeah. I'm a little different. So <laughs> how I prepare may not be how somebody else prepares. And I wanted it to be a, like, almost like pressure off. Like mm. we're all there, there yeah. are, you know, similarities, but there's a lot of differences. So I invited, like, I think there's like 15 different people who mm. have been doing this for quite some time who all wrote out their process for how they prepare to communicate. And they are so vastly different, but reading them, I was like, that's such a good idea. I yeah. need to try that. Like, <laughs> so I hope when people read it and they hear all of that, they find like one thing from Katie Edwards and one thing from Heather Fleece and one thing from Jamel and like all, you know, different things from different people yeah. so they can figure out what works for them. Totally. And I think that's great. I mean, in, in talking about, you know, the podcast was just really recently rebranded and we're talking a lot about connection. And I think that's, that's huge that you, you connected with other people that are in this and we need to make sure we're doing that because there's, there's not just one way of doing it, uh, but to have that many different voices. And I love how like each at the end of each chapter, you give people enough space to like contextualize that, like talk like a little homework. more about, yeah, it kind of like homework. Yeah. Go figure. You're giving people homework, um, but it but it's a good process to think through because, uh, as you said, like there's so many different ways of doing it. Um, why, from your from your point of view, why is it so important to contextualize? Especially, you know, you come from a, a a curriculum background as well now, so it's important to contextualize there. Why why should we be contextualizing anything that we're reading? 
Oh my gosh. I love that question. I mean, contextualizing anything we're reading or anything we're preparing is so important. It's, it's so hard as a content creator to be like, how do I like even middle school culture in California, as opposed to Georgia is vastly different. Like, so how do you, how do you write? Not just that, but then you think about like, add in the layer of like, um, socioeconomic status, add the layer of culture in that, add the layer of um, like, how, what's the age breakdown of that junior high ministry, that middle school ministry? Um, and it's just so hard to write to that wide of an audience. Yeah. So like everything that Orange produces or everything that you read as even though we try really hard to have all kinds of diversity on all fronts in that book, you know your students best. Like you have to figure out what are the examples that would best relate to this group of students? Who are the influencers they're following? What social platform are they using? Like what shoes do they think are the coolest? Like all of those cultural examples, you really have to contextualize or else you can read it and be like, this won't work for my students, you know, or even the size group or the room you're in. You're like, Mm -hmm. if you have four students reading something or like a curriculum, you might, you're going to do that very different than doing it in a room full of 40 or 400. Like it's just going to be different. And so I think the skill of contextualizing is something I feel like I'm still even growing in, like even doing this for over 20 years, I'm still learning how to contextualize things. And Mm. so when we were writing this book, every time there was like something we we talked about or I wrote about, I wanted to give time for the youth worker or whoever was reading it to think through what does that look like for me? Mm. And what does it look like in my environment? Because I didn't want to just, you know, speak at the reader. I wanted them to like, I wanted it to like be like a domino effect that happened in their brain that created all kinds of like, innovative thoughts and creativity and excitement and passion around their wiring in their context. So you're going to see tons. It's almost like a workbook in a way. It's like almost like a masterclass in a way. If you truly take the time to do the activities, because these are all activities I've done to help me get better Mm. at communicating to middle schoolers. That's cool. Yeah. I realized, uh, I think it was right before you you published the book. I had an experience where um, over this last year, I had some some staff and some key volunteers who were leading out in the middle school where I was spending more and more time with high school, and I scheduled myself to to speak to the middle schoolers one night. I was like, I haven't talked to them in a while. I need to go back and do it down and do it. And I was amazed at like <laughs> number one, how out of practice I felt like I was just not doing it for six or seven months and how much they caught me off guard. I wasn't ready for it. Like they're, you know, being squirrely rolling around on the ground, asking stupid questions and talking all right these... to you. Exactly. Like I asked a question that was totally rhetorical. Nope. They did not take it as rhetorical at all. And so, you know, this, this devotion that I planned for 10 minutes ended up being like 25 minutes because there's so much feedback and other things that I had to take care of. And I was like, Oh, right. I forgot how different it is talking with middle schoolers than high schoolers. So um, I want people to read the book, but what are a couple highlights that you can give right now that will give some people it's like some takeaways, but also kind of feed their their appetite to actually go out and read the books as well? Oh, I love that. I think my favorite thing and the most important thing is um, 
the, the skill of learning to break something down. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say, I'll just dumb or water the content down for middle schoolers. And I'm like, yeah. no, don't do that. Cause middle schoolers are really smart. Like watering something down makes it weaker or less effective mm. and dumbing something down lowers the level of difficulty, but breaking something down separates it into smaller parts. I mean, this is why when you feed a toddler a hamburger, like they can eat the same food as an adult, they can eat a burger, but they just consume it differently. And so the same thing's true when it comes to faith and spiritual concepts. It, middle school is going through not just a lot of physical changes, but changes in their brain, their mental capacity and the way they learn and the way they think. And when that's happening, um, we have to break concept concepts down into more concrete um, explanations. We need to give definitions of words. We need to use a five cent word rather than a $5 word. We not because it's because listening comprehension is different than mm. reading comprehension. They may be able to get the right answer on a English test, but in terms of the context of what you're teaching, they've never heard that word or that phrase used. And yeah. so it's, it's, backing up and this is not like it's it's still hard for me and I've been doing this for 20 years I literally just got it wrong like <laughs> two weeks ago I was standing on a stage of and there was middle schoolers in the room and I literally said the phrase I said sometimes Christians can be the worst right and they were like what <laughs> they audibly said nah no what do you mean yeah. Christians are the best and I realized they did not connect my thought was sometimes I feel judged by Christians, mm. but they didn't connect that to sometimes Christians are the worst. Mm. So breaking that thought down to, I sometimes feel judged by Christians. When I said that clarifying statement, they're like, oh yeah, me too. And we moved on. Yep. So it's like, it's like, how do you put this filter on everything you're going to say mm. that helps like a middle schooler not get caught on a word or an idiomatic phrase or an abstract idea or sentence? How do you put a filter on to break it down so they will follow you as you take them on this journey of discovering mm. the greatest message on the planet? Um, and it is a skill you have to learn. Mm. Like some people naturally think that way, more concrete or more literal, which helps them. Yeah, but it definitely is a skill that you not just learn one time, you literally keep learning it over time. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I feel like for me and over the last 20 years as well, I, middle schoolers are still changing and evolving. And so it's a constant thing. You have to keep honing that skill as well, that it's, yes. it's a moving target almost. <laughs> that you, it you really keep, is. You feel like you're good at it. Just wait, you know, six months or a couple of years. And then all of a sudden you're gonna have to relearn a different way to connect with them. <laughs> Yep. It's so true. Yeah. So, so with that in mind, um, and thinking about connections, I, I, when I think about that, I mean, like, I know that I can't, I can't do that on my own. I'm only going to be able to so, grow so much on my own. Um, I know you guys are excited about something that you're going to be able to offer people to not only read your book, but help each other in this. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to tell everyone. Um, so not only am I excited for people to read it, but I'm like, I want to be part of the conversation as we process it. So we are actually launching a book club 
um, in the Orange Students Youth Ministry Community Facebook group. So if you're not yet a member of that group, jump in. Um, we are going to be, uh, all the dates and times are already selected. There's six dates and times, so like it's going to be one chapter per meeting and then the bonus chapter at the end. Um, and we're going to read it together and then talk about it. And like, what does this look like? And where does this become a struggle? And like, what am I missing in this piece? Or what, what why does this always feel so hard? And it, we're excited to just have conversation around it because I know I don't know everything. I cannot wait to learn from everyone and hear what this might look like in certain contexts and give each other ideas on how yeah. to try new things. So please come join us, be part of it. Um, yeah. Don't just buy the book, come read it with <laughs> us and have conversation around it. Yeah, that's so good. And I'm so excited that you guys are doing that because I think, because that's what it's really about. We do need each other and that, you know, the new direction of this, of this podcast and really helping people connect and we need help contextualizing. We need help. You know, I am, I imagine there's probably going to be a little bit of, okay, like record yourself next time. Let's watch each other. Let's, you know, give each other tips and ways that we can make this better and make each other better and, and all grow in our ability to communicate with middle schoolers. Um, I think that's, that's huge. And like, even if, your ministry and your passion is not middle school, man, just think about the potential. Like that's what I think about all the time is like the potential of those middle schoolers. If we're able to really help them truly connect with God at that age, man, we're setting up so much potential for the future. And uh, so we, we all need to grow. Like, even if it's not, you know, it's communicating from stage, it's me communicating in a, in a small group setting or just a one-on-one -on -one out in the lobby, you know, before or after youth group starts, we need to be able to communicate to middle schoolers better. So. Youth ministry can feel so lonely at times. Mm. Um, and I would say the middle school phase in general gets overlooked a lot mm. of times. And if you're listening and you're like, I naturally lean towards high school, but I'm on, I'm in charge of those middle schoolers and they kind of drive me crazy when I'm trying to teach. I get it. And you're not alone. They are not an easy group to teach to, especially in a combined environment. So I would love for you to come and be part of the conversation so we can kind of wrestle through this and figure this out together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think like when I think of middle school, um, I think I think of that that lonely time that, that you talk about. I know a lot of middle schoolers struggle with that. They're trying to figure, figure out who they are and not really quite sure how to ask the right questions and how to go about finding the right answers. So that's where we play a big role in helping them process all that and navigate all that. But unfortunately, like you said, like youth ministry itself can sometimes be lonely. Um, so like, as we begin to wrap up, I'd love to, to hear any encouragement you have for people that are listening that maybe don't feel as connected. Um, they need to join, you know, the book club and things like that. But, but what, a, what about these, these youth workers that might be listening that, but yeah, they don't feel connected. Maybe they're, they're feeling like a middle schooler still. They're feeling lonely, like no one sees them. Trying to find their um, people. Yeah. So what encouragements or, or wisdom would you have uh, to share with them as we wrap up today? If you're listening and you have the thought, I don't feel lonely. I, I feel like I'm fine. I would say now is the time to seek community before you feel lonely. Because mm. if you don't feel that way right now, that's amazing. I'm jealous <laughs> because there's a lot of us who feel lonely and mm. 
youth ministry is a pretty thankless job. Like not a lot of 14 year olds look at you and say, thank you so much for everything you're investing and sacrificing to be here and pouring into me. Like that doesn't happen for 10 years. Like, you know, and so we need to be cheering each other on. Um, and if you're sitting there thinking, I don't even know if I want to stay in this. Mm -hmm. Um, I do feel lonely and I feel empty. I also want you to know you're not alone. And there are people all over the world who are feeling that way. Um, And I think one of the first steps to recovering from that season is to find other people who you can relate to and that you can be honest with and safe with. And so I think um, finding community, whether it's virtual community, like on a Facebook group or an Instagram group or clubhouse or wherever it is on social platforms, But I know National Network of Youth Ministry has groups of people who literally meet all over the country. And so if you've never checked out National Network of Youth Ministry, please check that out and find a local group of youth workers who meet together, even if they're not in your same same denomination, even if you're like, I just don't feel like I fit in, you probably can still learn something from them. Um, And so I would say find community regardless of where you are in terms of feeling connected. And if you're at a big church where you're like, yeah, we have six campuses and we have so many youth pastors and we meet every week and talk, I would say you need community outside of that group because you are, you are not going to see the full range of church capital C and Mm -hmm. what you can learn from other youth ministries. I would say the moment you think the only people you need are the people in your immediate church you are going to feel lonely Mm. and you are going to max out the capacity that you have in that role without people outside challenging you to grow in different Mm. ways. That's so So. good. That's awesome. And I would also add to like, similar to what we, we tell students a lot of times, think about what you can bring to others as well. Mm -hmm. Like in that community, like there's someone else that, that needs you there that needs yeah. to know that, that you see them too. And yeah. so it's not just about what you can get it from. It's what you can bring to others that are feeling that, yeah. that way too. And I would say like, if you're listening and you're like, I've only been doing this for six months, I don't want to show up to a group of people who've been doing it for 20 years. Like, I don't feel like I have anything to offer. I would say, oh my gosh, please show up because those of us who have been doing it for so long need your fresh eyes mm-hmm. and your fresh ideas and your fresh way of seeing things. Just like you need some, you know, people who have been in it for the long haul and can tell you here are the, here's the cycle that happens all the time. And this is normal. You're not weird or alone as you're walking through this. Like we need each other and we need to learn from each other and be confident in that. So wherever you are in your journey, own it and find community relentlessly pursue it. And like, even we're getting ready right now to go on tour at orange. Um, We're going to, I think 14 cities around the country this fall between September and November and find the nearest tour city by you. There are going to be people who are in youth ministry and someone from our teams, they're gonna be at every stop and we are gonna be doing a youth pastor lunch, a youth leader lunch that you can meet other people, hopefully that are in driving distance from your church that you can start that group with. Um, It's not gonna be a waste of your time. I know you'll have to sacrifice time or money or time away from your family or friends or whatever, I promise you it'll be worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ashley, it's been awesome to have you on today. Um, I know people are going to want to get your book. They're going to want to connect with you and maybe ask you some follow-up questions, anything like that. So where can people find you online and uh, find your book, connect with you? Yes. Okay. I am on 
all social channels. Um, my handle is at Ashley Bohens or at Ashley Marie Bohens. Um, Steve, maybe you could put that in the notes or something because yeah. my last name is spelled hard. <laughs> um, and you can go to communicatingtomiddleschoolers.com and get some free resources on communicating to middle schoolers. And you can, there's links there to Amazon or Orange Store um, where you can purchase it. And I think the Kindle version just got released. So we have the Kindle version, the audiobook, and the paper book. So yeah. all I of the things. I, I may have been one of the first people to buy the Kindle version. So yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, S- okay. Sitting right on my iPad right in front of me too. So. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. And I have to ask, I, I asked Brett when he was on, um, a lot of people are wondering, is the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast coming back anytime? I love the Rethinking <laughs> Youth Ministry podcast. I sure hope so. I, I mean, we've been having conversation around it and we definitely, everybody who was part of the pod wants the pod to come back and Orange wants the pod to come back. Um, we're still working out some of the logistics of who would own it, how, you know, like all of that, because some yep. of the people who were owning it before aren't in those same positions anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's just some logistics we're trying to figure out. And also youth ministry has changed a lot since RYM pod was a thing. And I know mm-hmm. that the whole idea is rethinking youth ministry. Keep rethinking so, it. Yep. Um, <laughs> kind of has the perfect name to go yeah, along yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm going to have to leave you on the cliffhanger still because that's okay. We're, we still don't know for sure. Yeah, cool. I, I'm going to keep asking every orange person I know that work in, works in youth ministry because it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to as well. I loved hearing you guys just, you know, brainstorm and stuff like that. But I do know that the Brett pushed as well. They're the orange specialist um, meetings that they have online is kind of a, a good substitute for now. So yep. it's another way for people to to get connected and everything. Yeah, the roundtables well. are so so great. We've had such an awesome response to that because it opens the microphone up then to not just be us talking and people listening, but like legit pull a chair up and have a conversation, which is also what I hope the book club is. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be so awesome. So yeah, we'll put all those, those links and and all the information in the show notes. So you guys can be sure to check out that. Um, Thank you so much for, for being on today, Ashley. And thanks for all that you do for the youth ministry world. Um, may God bless you and your, your ministry there, ministry in Ethiopia, for all you do for middle schoolers and all of us who, who love working with middle schoolers. Thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. And thanks again to all of you for being here for this episode of the podcast. And before you go, I do have some really, really exciting news. Ashley is starting her book club on September 15th, 2022 in the Orange Students Facebook group. You can find a link to that in the show notes. But also, we are giving away a free copy of her book, Communicating to Middle Schoolers. All you got to do is head over to our Instagram at Student Ministry Connection. You'll find out all the details of how to enter. We're going to be giving that away over the next couple weeks. So be sure to head over there right away and enter to win. And if you don't win or you find this episode after the contest is already over, head to our show notes and you'll find a link to be able to purchase a copy of the book. We also want to thank the sponsor of this episode of the podcast, G-Shades. Head over to G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G and use the promo code CONNECTION to receive an extra $20 off your order. Thank you so much, G-Shades, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And thanks again to all of you for being here If you like what you hear, which one I ask that you maybe share this with someone else. And if your podcast app allows you to, be sure to leave us a positive review. Not only does that help other people find the podcast, but it allows us to keep getting amazing guests like we had today. 
One last reminder for those of you that subscribe on Spotify, be sure you're at the correct link. That's the one in the show notes before that other one goes away. Thank you all so much for being here. Be sure to stay connected and may God bless your ministry.